0: Welcome to Storyteller, where we're sitting down, virtually of course, with the storytellers who are changing the way we tell and consume stories. We'll be talking with the best storytellers across media, sports, brands, and entertainment who are evolving the way we interact with an audience. I'm Sky Muller.
1: And I'm Christine Chalk. And today's storyteller is Chris Heineman, Chief Digital Officer at AC Business Media. Chris has a long background in digital strategy, leading editorial, marketing, and creative teams. He was formerly the mastermind behind audience development at AMI Active Lifestyle Group, working with brands like The Do Tour. Now, he's driving storytelling and engagement at AC Business Media, a leading B2B media company. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast.
2: Thanks. Glad to be here.
1: Let's just start off with, you know, tell us your story. Tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today. What led you, uh, you know, take us back through the journey to your current role?
2: The journey. I don't know if we have uh, enough time to bore the audience with that. Um, <laughs> so, my journey, um, so originally from Colorado, now in California, um, grew up uh, snowboarding, had snowboard sponsors when I was younger. And so, when I was, uh, you know, in high school, dreams of being a pro snowboarder. And after a lot of broken bones and <laughs> injuries, decided that was probably not the likely profession for me. Uh, so went to business school um, out in Colorado, went to Boulder. And then during summer breaks, I moved out to California. And so uh, when I was when I was snowboarding, the the friends that I used to basically do photo shoots with um, it, back in the sponsor days, back when it was easy to get sponsors. Now it's not even close and it's embarrassing (laughs) compared to how good the guys are these days. Um, so I came, I lived out of Newport beach in the summertime. Um, so it was pretty easy sliding into California. California can be a little difficult to move into just because it's overwhelming with the number of people. And it's, it's very, um, I mean, it's not like East coast fast paced, but the competition is high in California. um, so that helped. And then I worked in media Worked my way up for a few years doing uh, TV shows, worked on some movie projects uh, back when Fuel TV was around. Ended up kind of working my way up into, you know, producing and directing TV shows. And then ended up getting a job down at Transworld, um, which is seven brands. It's all action sports related. We were acquired by Grind Media, which was Motor Trends. And then they had brands like Slam Magazine, Baseball America, um, a bunch of home tech magazines. So I was running audience development for around – 26 brands, um, which was then acquired uh, by AMI, which was Men's Journal. Um, so it did audience development for Men's Journal, Muscle and Fitness. Um, and then they had a whole even bigger portfolio of brands that were our sister companies like National Enquirer and Star Magazine, and you know, just really uh, just so many different things happening from the media side from super hat uh super fast-paced. Um, entertainment news and celebrity news, which we would pick some best practices out of, um, down to the niche sports titles like Surfer Magazine and Bike Magazine and Powder Transled Skateboarding, um, and then we still had Slam Magazine at the time. And you know, just uh, it was a really it's a, it's been a super fun journey, just being in the in the mix of media from being in the craziness of National Enquirer and just Jeff Bezos talking about our brands that that we work for. Um, And then at the end of the day, you know, I think the thing that, um, you know, I like most about working in the media is that, you know, I've worked for uh, newspaper publishers and also magazine publishers. In the magazine publishers, there's just so much passion and especially in the writing staffs where, you know, people just don't write about topics. I mean, like the Surfer Magazine guys, they live and breathe that all day long. Um, And so it's, it makes going to work easy because you know people that you're working with are passionate about what they do. Um, And then now, so uh, about a year ago, I transitioned over into um, AC Business Media, which was a step in my career that I never had envisioned for myself um, because I've always been in the B2C world, which was, you know, all all those other brands. And um, AC Business Media is all B2B uh, construction magazines, um, construction supply chain, uh, home landscape, you know, concrete, construction big tractors and skid steers and learning all of these words that I've never even heard of before.
1: Whole new um, world.
2: <laughs> it's a whole new world. But the cool thing about being in the B2B media space is that it's more about the uh, quality of engagements rather than the quantity. And so it was, um, I think the reason why, um, you know, Barry who's our CEO over at AC Business Media recruited me over is that uh, in the B2C world, everything's so fast paced and you have to, be on the front end of technology and using you know technologies like tag board um and things like that to engage with the audience and on the b2c world it's you know you're talking the millions of, of reaches um, on any of these brands and then in b2b if you can take those best practices of how you reach the quantity and then couple it with the cdp and really just nail down the depth of your users you know the first name last name where do they work how many employees are their company um, you know, how much money, how much revenue does the company earn? All those, uh, basically the depth of those companies and the, the CPMs in B2B are wildly different from B2C. It's because you're reaching a finite audience, right? There's only so many people who are, you know, a, a fortune 500 construction company like Caterpillar, like there's only so many people who make those million dollar machines. And so in, in the, in the B2C world, you know, you're trying to sell shoes or board shorts or, um, you know, a, a mountain bike granted a mountain bike is ten thousand dollars these days, but it's it's not quite a million dollar piece of machinery right so um, so for me it's it's really I like to think in terms of puzzles in my career and for me, working with a lot of brands at one time and just aggregating the reach of all of them and trying to make the sum of its parts equal more than what they would be on their own um, is something that really I enjoy in my career and it's something that I never would have thought of when you know in high school and college um, but you know, now it just, it's really, it's really fun for me to, to think about our portfolio of brands in terms of like a puzzle and how can we piece them all together to make them all collectively bigger.
0: It's really cool to hear your passions, how you turn those passions into a career. And then more recently, how you made that switch from uh, B2C to B2B. And I'm curious if, if you were talking to someone that was going through that transition. Um, you gave us some good notes there of, you know, quality versus quantity. What are some other things that you would would say to that person, maybe that you wish you knew when you were making that uh, transition to help out?
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of a big nerd and I love technologies and I love just jumping into the platforms. And like, I hate the word tinkering, but I'm a tinkerer. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's like the old days. If you just like to get into a dashboard, and figure out what it can do. And there's, there's this analogy that I love to, um, I love to bring up. So there's this show that I, I I'm on, I'm on the road a lot now, you know, traveling back to Wisconsin. And so one of the shows I got hooked on was comedians in cars getting coffee. And so, uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld gets in the car with Obama and he's like, Hey, Brock, like what kind of a sport is, um, you know, is, is being a president? Like he's like, is it like chess is it like this And Brock's like, no, it's like a game of football. And Jerry's like, what are you talking about? Like, how could being a president be like football? And so he's like, you know, being a president, every day is a grind. It's a game of inches. You move forward, you know, you know, you move a little bit and a little bit. And every once in a while, you see an opening to get 10 yards ahead. And so in media, that's the way I like to think about it in terms of technologies is like every day we're putting out content, we're putting out content. And every once in a while, we'll find a technology to unlock like massive reach either to our new audience or to our current audience. And so if I can find one of those openings to find, you know, like a massive, like 10 or 30 yard game, kind of like a game of football, that like transforms our business into the next level. And so especially in B2B, you know, traditional B2B media is very, very, very safe. And people like to follow what the other media companies do. In the B2C world, you know, you're testing new technologies and you're looking for those huge opportunities. And so that's really what I'm looking for in, in the B2B world is like, what kind of a platform Can we connect to our audience and connect to our current, you know, really engaging content that gets us to that next level? I know it's kind of a long winded story, but that one always has resonated with me.
1: That's a great analogy. I love the show, but it really also helps you understand, you know, putting it in that perspective, thinking about looking for those, you know, those platforms and those unique opportunities. I know that I'm sure you've seen in the time of your career, social media completely evolved the way that we can reach audiences and storytell, you know, talk a little about how that's changed, you know, over the course of, of, of your career and how social media has played a role in how you guys storytell.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I, I hate to say, you know, i hate to date myself, but you know, I feel like I was around when Facebook kind of first started when, when I was doing, when I was at a, a magazine publisher and it was like, Oh, what's this Facebook thing? We're getting traffic from the source, you know, those were, I, and it's, it's one of those things in hindsight, you wish you would have doubled down even more on, you know, the, the amount of work you put into the platforms. Um, and it's social media is so sophisticated now, and it's so wide reaching that it's hard to, it's harder to find those angles for massive reach. And that's why when new things come out like Snapchat or TikTok, you know, the, the brands, um, you know, you gotta look at like that, your external kind of influences. And so in social media, you look at, um, you know, fashion and, you know, clothing companies and influencers and things like that in the media space, you know, you try to align yourself with some of those tastemakers to try to, you know, almost hitch a ride with some of the things they're doing. It's becoming harder to find those opportunities, but it just takes a lot of work. You got to do the work. You got to, you know, stay up on the reason on the research of what the platforms are doing, you know, like one month, Facebook groups may be the best place to just try to grow an audience. And then the other, you know, the next month is all right, Snapchat and, you know, Instagram releases notifications and they hide something and they show something. It's, it's definitely tricky, but I would say the best piece of advice that I've seen is figure out which platform you want to go in on and then just look at the data and then do the work of being consistent. You know what I mean? Social media it's so transient in nature that if you're not always top of mind, you know, you'll, you'll be lost the next day. And everybody, I think on social, when I first came over to our brands, you know, people were scared about social. They're like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. You know, I don't want to make a mistake. And it's really, you, you don't have to worry as much about that because you make mistakes on social. People forget about it in five minutes, you know, just, just keep pushing forward and trying to be consistent. I think that's, that's one thing I've learned for sure. It's, it's so much easier said than done, though. Like posting to social all day and being engaging in the forefront of your fans is difficult.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's you just it's always on type of a thing, right? Because, like you said, everyone's just on to the next thing five minutes later, which is benefits you, and then also makes it so you have to just be on them. Curious, because you are big into the the data side of it all. What are maybe? a thing or two that you've seen that, that drove big numbers, Uh, whatever platform you want to pick as far as social media goes, what are a couple maybe activations or stuff that you saw success with that had good data behind it?
2: Um, I'll give you a recent example. So, uh,
0: for the B2B brands,
2: um, for us, particularly in the construction industry, we have a few, um, bigger social accounts. Granted, they're not as big as like, you know, server magazine has 2 million followers on Instagram but big, big in construction. Um, We know whenever one of these large companies releases a new piece of equipment, all these guys uh, and girls, you know, are trying to do the research of finding a new piece of equipment. We get a ton of views on that. And so I was actually pleasantly surprised when I came to AC business media and started digging under the hood of our YouTube channels. We had some videos about Bobcat or caterpillar construction equipment releases that had hundreds of thousands of views. In B2B, you know, if we have a video that drives a couple thousand views, that's a huge win because we know the average watch times is usually high, but these pieces of equipment like in the B2B and product releases for these big pieces of equipment, they just went through the roof. That was pretty surprising to me. I never, I never knew how much traffic there, it, there could have been around it.
1: Awesome. All right, let's pivot for a moment, speed it up a little bit, uh, jump into a segment we do here on all of our podcasts, The Lightning Round, and quick questions, quick answers, exactly like it sounds, so we can get to know you and your personality and what drives you and what makes you creative a little bit more. Start it off. First thing you do when you wake up in the morning.
0: Glass water. Gosh, I could start doing that. I'm so dehydrated when I wake up in the morning. (laughs) What's your, I think I may know this answer actually, your go-to activity or thing that you do to stir up creativity. Go serving. That was, that was my guess. I nailed it.
1: Who's one of your favorite follows right now on social media?
2: Super73. It's an electric bike that I just got, and I'm obsessed
0: with it. I dig it. I dig it. I've, I've been riding the a Rad bike, I think is what they're called. Same idea. Those electric bikes are changing, they'll change your life. Um, social media pet peeve. Pet peeve.
2: Personal workouts that people share on their accounts and they seem to share it every day, all day. I'm sorry, I'm I'm happy for you that you're doing workouts, but I don't care.
0: Best quick advice that you would give to someone looking to work in digital media?
2: Don't ever say, that's not my job. Just do everything, learn everything.
1: Very, very true. And last but not least, we ask all of our guests this question in three words. The best stories are blank, blank, and blank.
2: Real, engaging, and funny.
1: Alrighty, You survived the lightning round. Wasn't that bad? We'll we'll slow it down a little in, in the last portion of the podcast here. We like you to tell us a story. You know, I want to dig into what you guys have been doing that has worked well for you. Maybe what you've been doing that hasn't worked well, that you've pivoted away from. I know you've talked, you know, we've talked in the past about your, your social simulcast strategy and that that's been something that has been successful and, and, and driven a lot of engagement for you guys. You know, talk a little bit about how that came about and, and, what the strategy is there
2: yeah so um something that has been a new area of opportunity for us um it's actually not totally new but it's new for for ac business media um when i was in the b2c world um we had an, a live event called do tour and uh, when we were live broadcasting do tour um a couple years ago now it's probably more like six or seven years ago now it was only really available on TV which was very consistent with what else was happening um, for live events. So we started live streaming on you know, Periscope, YouTube, and Facebook, and we, and we started asking ourselves the question of, do we double down on one specific social channel to try to get the most engagements on it? Or do we try to do a simulcast strategy where we're live streaming across all the channels at the same time to try to get different audiences? And so we tested it both ways, and what we found was um, more was more. You know, we started doing a live uh, syndication or live simulcast across multiple Facebook pages, multiple YouTube channels, multiple Periscope accounts, and the reach would just so much bigger than doing one single um, social account alone um, because each social account, you know, obviously the platforms limit reach or they don't really limit reach, but, you know, you can't really reach your full potential. And so when we did it on each brand, not only did it have a different slice of conversations, but just the overall reach and engagements were total better. And so um, over at AC Business Media, um, basically from the numbers we looked at how well the product release videos do around like Bobcat or Caterpillar releasing a new massive piece of equipment, we're doing the same simulcast strategy for product releases. So we just did one for Bobcat and it performed, it like the, the, the results were through the roof. You know, in the first day, it saw 80,000 views And the biggest statistic that was surprising to me is it had 1,100 engagements. And so for a B2B piece of video content to have 1,100 engagements on a single video is huge. It means that the conversation was strong. People were talking back and forth during the live stream of like, hey, what's this feature? What's that feature? And so it's something that we're leaning pretty heavily into, um, especially now that trade shows and events with Corona are non-existent all these big manufacturers are looking for a place to basically showcase their products. And so that's a niche that we're trying to fill right now of being that virtual trade show, virtual product release for for our partners. Um, And it's something that not only is the engagement there, but it's, you know, it's been really successful. So that's something that we're leaning pretty heavily into not to give away our secret sauce, but that's, that's something that's pretty, been pretty successful for us.
0: Curious just on um, the, the brand side how, what kind of metrics you're seeing with those simulcasts uh, for, for the likes of Caterpillar and, and stuff like that?
2: The, the metrics that we're looking at, especially on the simulcast side of things, um, one day it dawned on me when I was watching, you know, I don't watch this normally, but TMZ came across, you know, my Instagram feed and they were doing the simulcast strategy on social and I thought it would be really cool to take that idea and apply it to the B2B world um, and so the minute we started live streaming, uh, because the brands that we, we have didn't really do a lot of that before in that you, you know, we plot the average engagements, the average watch time, the average video views on a normal video on either Facebook or YouTube, but the, since nobody's really doing live that much, it's an opportunity to utilize the platform opportunities because there's only so many slots on the Facebook newsfeed. And if everybody's sharing link posts and videos and photos, there's not that many people doing live streams and especially when you do a live stream, well, it gives you that extra leg up to get, um, extra, uh, extra, you know, growth on video views and engagements. So that's, you know, again, you got to look for those opportunities and live streaming. It's difficult. Not everybody wants to do it. It's, you know, people are embarrassed to, to go live. You're afraid of making mistakes. Um, but one of our brands, the supply chain and food logistics, they've owned it. And they're doing editorial meetings just like TMZ would do on a weekly basis. And the, the readers are loving it. We get fan mail now all the time from, I never would have thought I would, I would hear it, but it's, you know, people in the supply chain, supply chain industry are emailing in our editorial staff saying, Oh, that's really cool. I'm glad you guys are thinking about this. How about you include this in your next issue? And it's, it's been a really, you know, fun experiment to see how, uh, how successful live stream has been.
1: That's awesome. I love the fan mail uh, part and the inspiration drawn from, from TMZ is great. You know, looking ahead to the future, live stream is, is still, you know, there's so much opportunity to grow there. I'm sure having, you know, just getting started and growth there. What do you hope to see as we go ahead to the fall or the winter or to next year, or even beyond that? Uh, whether it's in, in, in your specific niche and industry or just larger in media and digital in general, what trends are you excited about? Uh, what technologies are you looking ahead to, to seeing how it, how it turns out?
2: I would say that the thing that I'm most excited about is just the connecting APIs and connecting data to do things that are new that nobody's really thought about yet you know what i mean using social data and social sentiment and using audience data and behavior and product data and behavior um, to build and do new things with data it's really exciting and you know technology i feel like is still so young there's so much room to grow i mean we're in the thick of this every day you know what i mean And sometimes it can feel overwhelming but if you think about it you know we haven't even been driving cars that long in the world right and in the grand scheme of things like like, uh things like facebook or you know snapchat's been around for a couple years and so i guess i'm excited for you know connecting data and just connecting everything together
0: couldn't agree more well chris we appreciate it man it great all the way through on the podcast today excited to see how you and and the rest of the team at AC Business Media take those new technologies that continue to develop to see how you guys grow um, with the simulcasting. It's really exciting to see what you guys have going on down there. It was cool to hear a little bit of the secret sauce that you you, you let uh, us look behind the curtain a little bit. So we appreciate you jumping on the podcast today and, and thanks so much for the great insight.
2: Yeah, thanks for the time.